Welcome to The Real Church Podcast. Our mission is for you to know the love of Jesus and live out your God-given purpose. Now, join us and listen in to the latest message from Pastor David John Phillips. 2017, I find myself in the middle of India in a small village, one of the many villages I got to go and preach the good news of Jesus Christ to. I'm on a little makeshift stage and there's about 180 people there. It's a Hindu village. Most of them are Hindus. And I'm getting to preach the good news of Jesus Christ to them through an interpreter. And I'm preaching and they're all 100% engaged in what I'm saying. It's amazing. I get to the end of the message and I give the salvation call, if, would you like to receive Jesus? Would you like to ask him to, to come into your life, to, to give your life to him, to, to call him your Lord? And if that's the case, would you raise your hand? And every hand went up. Every single hand went up. And them being Hindus, right, they have many, many gods. And so I didn't know if they were just adding Jesus to the, the shelf of all of their gods or not, so I said, no, 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 put your hands back down, hands back down. I said, like, this Jesus, he doesn't just wanna be, he's, he's not just one of your gods, he is the only God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. So if you wanna take all of the other gods off of the shelf and, and only Jesus, he's the only one that you'll follow, that's what I'm talking about. Not in addition to, but the only one. Do you still want to give your life to Jesus? And all of the hands went up. I got to lead them in, in a prayer of salvation, a step of faith towards receiving him, and it was absolutely amazing. But see, salvation, the word salvation is saved, healed, and delivered. And so then I did something crazy. A lot of people in the American church would think it's crazy, but it's not, it's the gospel. I said, how many of you guys have sickness in your body? How many of you guys right now, like there's pain or, or cancer or something like you're sick? And about 80% of the hands went up. And I said, Jesus didn't just die on the cross and rise again so that you could know him personally. And that's huge, that's the biggest deal. But also, by his stripes, we are healed, is what it says. Because of him, we can be saved, healed, and delivered. Do you believe this? And they all shook their heads like this, which means yes in India. That's how they say yes. I said, okay, I'm gonna pray for you. And so I just, as a radical step of faith, I didn't feel like all of this stuff. I just had these thoughts come to my brain. So I just said, in the name of Jesus, I, I pray healing for everybody right now. And I just listed off the things that came to mind. And shoulders, ankles, you know, cancers, diabetes, everything. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Right? And when I was done, I said, I, I looked to the crowd. Once again, small crowd, about 180 people. I said, all right, I'm not a fake it till you make it kind of guy. So if nothing happened, then don't you dare raise your hand. But I want you to test your bodies right now. I want you to test and see if there's any pain in the spot where, where you know, we prayed and before we prayed there was pain. Now see if there's anything, anything changed at all. And, and if it went away completely, I want you to raise your hand. 
out of all of those people, one person in the back raised their hand, and I'm so happy it was only one, and you will see why. I called him to the front. I said, sir, what was going on? And he told me about his ankle. There was something going on in his ankle, a lot of pain. And I said, um, so, so how is it now? And he said, the pain is gone. I said, wow, that's amazing. He said, yeah. I said, who healed you? He said, Jesus. And of course, this is all through a translator. And, and I said, guys. And I was looking at this crowd of ex-Hindu baby believers, brand new believers in Jesus Christ, right? And I said, guys, this didn't happen because I'm a Western white boy that is special. I said, this happened because I'm a son of God and I have Jesus inside of me and I believe what he said, so I did what he said to do. I said, and, and as a matter of fact, you all have the same Jesus in you now because you just received him. Do you believe that? And you saw all heads go like this, which means yes, you know, in India, that's how they say yes. I said, amazing. I said, how many guys, how many of you people still have sickness and pain and issues in your body? Raise your hand. 80% of them raised their hand. Why? Because this was just one. I said, wonderful. I said, now I want you because you are just as special as I am. You have the same Jesus in you. I want you to lay your hand on the person beside you that is, is sick, that raised their hand to be sick, that they're sick, and I want you to pray for them that God would heal them. And they looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, you just told me you believe you have the same Jesus in you. Is that right? Yes. I said, wonderful. Okay, so if that's the case, then he'll move in the same way because God is not a respecter of persons. He loves you and he cares for you and he wants the same gospel to go through you that goes through me. Is that right? He said, yes. I said, great. Lay your hand on the person beside you that raised their hand that they were sick and, and pray in the name of Jesus, I command this sickness to be healed. And they all began to pray. And it was timid at first. And I said, no, you're sons and daughters of the Most High King. Have, you have the authority of Jesus. Command that sickness to be healed in Jesus' name. And it was loud. And you heard, you know, in their language, you know, whatever they were saying. I don't know what they were saying. It was just loud. And I said, after about 30 seconds, I said, okay, 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 stop. This is all brand new to them. Brand new baby Christians. I said, okay, okay, stop, stop, stop. I said, now, once again, we're not faking it at all. If nothing happened, do not raise your hand. But I want you to test your bodies. And if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, like the pain is completely gone, I want you to raise your hand. Fifteen hands shot up. I called three or four of them up to share their testimony of what Jesus has done. Because when you hear the testimony of Jesus, it builds faith in others. Because they think, wait, wait, wait. If God can do it in them, then he can do it in me. And I called them forward and, you know, there was this and that and the other that God had healed. And I said, I said, guys, do you see what Jesus did? I said, how many of you guys are still sick? About 60% of the hands went up. 65, however many. I said, pray again. They began with, with greater faith and greater fervor. They began to pray for each other again. Brand new little baby Christians that just believe Jesus at his word. They stopped. I said, how many of you guys are still sick? I mean, how many of you guys, test your bodies, how many of you guys have been completely healed? If nothing changed, don't raise your hand. But if there's a miracle, raise your hand. 
15 more raised their hand. I called three or four up. They testified. And I looked at them. And I said, the kingdom of God has come to you. I said, now go back to your village. Preach the kingdom. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. God loves you. And he wants to show the people around you how much he loves them through you. Last week we talked about being offended by the gospel. Offense is when somebody does something, a lot of times we say, I can't believe that. I can't believe you just did that. I can't believe. And then we put up a fence of division and and we go back to what we're familiar with. And a lot of people do the same thing with the gospel. When they hear something that is from Scripture, but it's not what they're familiar with, they say, I just can't believe that. And they're put up an offense at Jesus, which is the gospel, which is his word, and go back to what they're familiar with. What we're talking about today, this continuation of a discussion on healing, don't put up offense. Don't say, I can't believe that. Because Maybe, just maybe, that tendency will rise up. Some of the things that I say, that tendency will rise up. Go to Scripture and say, you know what, God? I take my unbelief to you. Father, if what he is saying is from you and is for me in my daily life, then, Father, I give you my unbelief. Help my unbelief and let me believe so that I can walk in all that you've called me to walk in. If that's really your heart, if that's really your prayer, then let's pray together. Father, I don't know what I don't know. I ask you to teach me today. And Lord, I give you all of my boxes, all of my preferences. Break my boxes so that I can be effective at showing other people your love in my daily life. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, we are continuing a series called Gifted, and this is part seven of the series called Gifted, and we've been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right? We started with the gifts from the Father, then the gifts from Christ, and then this general overview of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've been getting into practically what those look like in your daily life, right? And we said that the word, the Greek word for gift is charismata, which is simply defined as undeserved favor, right? It's his undeserved favor to us, so it's his undeserved favor through us. He wants to supernaturally show us his undeserved favor so that freely we receive, freely we give, so that we can supernaturally show others his undeserved favor and draw people into relationship with him, which is amazing. Why? Well, we've showed that your calling in life may not be what you think it is. And if you don't know your calling, then listen closely. I talked about this in another message, but just to review. Your calling in life is not to be a sister or a brother. It's not to be a mother or a father. Your calling in life is not to be a doctor or a lawyer, to make lots of money or to whatever it is. Your calling in life is not to do finance or, or be a businessman or, or a teacher or whatever most people would say, you know, hey, I, I just, this is my calling. No, those things are important. 
And they play an important role in your calling because you may not be able to walk out your calling without those things, those talents and abilities and direction that God has led you in your life. But once again, that's not your ultimate calling, your ultimate purpose, should we say. (laughs) We have shown that according to Scripture, your purpose is ministry. Your, yes, you, if you have received Jesus Christ, and it's God's will that everyone would come to repentance, not everybody does, but it's God's will, then your purpose in life is ministry, is showing others what you have received. You are a minister of the gospel. And so we're going through this series, the gifted series, on purpose. Because what do the gifts do? To be effective at ministering the good news of the gospel to those around you in your daily life, By teaching you these things, I'm trying to equip whosoever will with everything that you need to be effective to walk out the purpose of your life. Some of you, as you are mothering, as you are fathering, all of you really, as you are um, being a doctor or a lawyer or a businessman or a worker or, or a student, whatever it is, as you're doing those things, your purpose in life right now are I guess the thing that would lead you to your purpose, as you're doing those things, you're going to encounter other people that need to experience the love of God through you. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit help you to be more effective at sowing the seeds of the gospel in their lives, at opening their heart up, God supernaturally opening their heart up through you, through that undeserved favor, so that they can receive Jesus. So so these things help you to be more effective at doing your purpose, which is ministry, ministering the gospel to those around you in your daily life, no matter where you go. And I just want to say this too, I'm so proud of you as a church. I just am. a, A couple of days ago, I received a email and it was an email of someone who wanted, he's like, in the email he said, I want to be a part of this church. I just do. And he filled out like three forms on our website. I ended up calling him the next day and, and got to talk to him. And he, he's a tow truck driver. And this tow truck driver went in um, to pick up you know, a car. And when he met the owner of the car, the owner of the car wasn't like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened, and just complaining and, and just cursing life and all this other stuff that most people do when they have to get their car towed. You know what the owner of the car did? He took the opportunity and he said, hey sir, I, you mind if I pray for you? He prayed for the tow truck driver. They ended up getting in a conversation and somehow, some way, he ended up inviting him to be a part of Real Church or inviting him to come check it out. And this guy was so impacted by the love of God, he actually did it. I have no idea who this guy from Real Church is or who the person is from Real Church. I have no idea. But what I know is that you guys are being the church in your daily life, ministering the gospel, and it's causing people to say, wow, I need Jesus. I need to to grow in Jesus like you are because I see God's love flowing through you, so I'm proud of you as a church. You're getting it. You're becoming ministers of the gospel in your daily life. You're getting over you and your insecurities so that you can love others because you're secure in who you are and how much God loves you. That's amazing. Keep being real, guys. Really loving people with the love of Jesus in your daily life. And let's dive into this a little bit more so that we can be more equipped as far as healing goes. Every situation 
is an opportunity to show the love of the Father. Let's go to John chapter 13, verses 33 and 34. It says, a new command I give you. This is Jesus speaking. He says, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We're supposed to love one another as Jesus has loved us. And Jesus' ministry was to proclaim the good news of the kingdom. And in doing so, he healed every sickness and every disease. And we are supposed to love one another as he has loved us. Don't get offended by the gospel now and say, well, I just can't believe that. Remember, take those thoughts and take them to the feet of Christ. So how did he love us? John chapter nine, verse 36. Oh, that's eight. There we go. John 9. No, I'm sorry, not John. Matthew 9. I apologize. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. How did Jesus love? When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. You know, at one time, you were a part of the crowd, not all the crowds were his disciples. Like some of them were anti-Jesus. And even when you were anti-Jesus and part of the crowd, Jesus saw you, whether you believe it or not, he did, and he had compassion on you. What is compassion? Compassion defined is seeing your suffering with a desire to alleviate it, a desire to take it away. What did Jesus do when he saw the crowds? He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. If we go back to verse 35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness. How did he have compassion on them? By proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and every sickness. And we're supposed to love others as he loved us. So when we see the crowds, when we see people that are far from God, that are maybe on the outside just dipping their toes in or just kind of walking by, we're supposed to have compassion on them and proclaim the good news of the kingdom and heal every sickness and every disease. Like sheep without a shepherd, verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers into his harvest field. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them, everybody say gave them. Gave them. He gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Verse seven, uh, Matthew 10, seven. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. You remember what I told the people in India? I told them the, the exact same thing, why? 
Because Jesus told me the exact same thing. Jesus told his disciples the exact same thing. And, and if you are a disciple of Jesus, which if you've given your life to him, then that's what you are. A disciple, what does a disciple do? They learn from their master. They learn from their teacher to do everything that their teacher does. That's the, the purpose of discipleship, is to reproduce in your life or, or uh, what the teacher has been teaching you. And he's teaching you to do everything that he did and even greater. And you remember the words of Jesus to his disciples, you will do everything that I do and even greater. That is amazing. That is crazy. And how? It's all through his love and compassion. Look, he said, freely you have received, freely you give. And what is the gifts of the Holy Spirit? What are the gifts? Charismata, undeserved favor, right? We freely received undeserved favor, things that we didn't earn, and yet we freely give them out. Jesus did it, then he gave his disciples the authority to do it and sent them to do it, training them to be like him. First John chapter four, verse 17 says, in this world, we are like Jesus. Why? Because we're disciples of Jesus learning to reproduce his love and to love others in the same way that he loved us. Jesus did it, his disciples saw it, then he gave them the authority, his authority to the disciples to go and do what they saw. Now, a lot of you would say, well, yeah, but those are the 12. Like those are the disciples who became the apostles. And how could I do what the apostles were doing? Let me put that to rest. Let's go to Luke. In Luke chapter nine, this is the same thing. Luke chapter nine, verse one, he sent the 12 out and he gave them the authority to heal every uh, disease and uh, cast out all the demons, right? Then he told them to, to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick, Luke chapter nine, verse two. But if we skip ahead to Luke chapter 10, it says he appointed 72. Luke chapter 10, verse one, he appointed 72 and sent them two by two ahead of him. And what did he tell them to do? Verse 9, he says, heal the sick, Luke, Luke 10, verse 9, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near you. Heal the sick, tell them the kingdom of God is near. The exact same thing. Jesus' heart was multiplication. He didn't just keep it at the 12. I'm only giving you these things. No, Jesus' heart was he wanted to multiply disciples throughout the world, and disciples are those who are taught and learn from the master and do what the master did, walk in his footsteps, exactly, which is what we heard in the command. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. And by this love, you will know, or they will know that you are my disciples. So his heart was multiplication. It went from the 12 to the 72, but it didn't just stop there. In Matthew chapter 28, we hear the great commission, which is awesome. And watch this. It says, we're going to start in verse 17. When they saw him, they worshiped him. These are the disciples around Jesus after he had risen from the dead and he was about to, uh, to go to heaven. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority. Everybody say all authority. All authority 
in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. I'm not, real church isn't making real church disciples. I'm not making David John Phillips disciples. No, he is empowering us by his grace to, to plant the seeds of his word in your life, but then point you to Jesus so that you can become Jesus' disciples and reproduce him, 1 John four seventeen. In this world, we are like Jesus. Become like the master, right? Because his spirit is in you. Exactly what you saw in India. Matthew 28 Verse 18, then Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go, another version says, as you go. So at your job as a doctor, at your job as a lawyer, at your job as a businessman or as a worker or as a painter or as a, fill in, as a mother, as a daughter, as a sister, as a brother, as a student, at your job, as you go, make disciples of all nations. So everywhere, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. Everybody say everything. On your couch, go ahead. I can't hear you through the screen, but I'm just by faith trusting that you're saying that. <laughs> everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What have we seen, Matthew um, and Luke, you know, what did he command? To love others as he loved us. And another of his commands were to preach the kingdom, proclaim the good news of the kingdom, which is the gospel. It's awesome, but also to heal the sick. Healing is a part of the command of being a disciple. So, so it's, it, it's part of other people experiencing his supernatural undeserved favor. And it opens people's heart to receive the fruit of the gospel, the seeds of the gospel, and say, wow, Jesus, I need you. Don't get offended and say, I can't believe this. That's what the people of Nazareth did. Because they were familiar with what they grew up with. Instead of allowing Jesus to break their boxes. A lot of people are doubting this and say, but, but, but me? Well, just like the, the Hindus that we talked about in the beginning. They're not Hindus anymore. They receive Jesus. They have the same Jesus in them. They, they believed it in the first moments of salvation and began to walk it out in their daily lives. What if we took all of our boxes of unbelief and said, you know what? I'm just going to take him at his word and begin to become love in the way that God loves me. What if we actually did that? Do it, church. Do it. What happened in India is just a picture of what happens in my daily life. And I don't always get it right. Sometimes I doubt. Matthew 28, 17, when they saw him, they worshiped him and doubted. And some of you are doubting right now. I've never done this. I've been in the church for 30 years and I've always wondered about this and I always thought it was amazing, like last message. I always thought it was amazing, but not for me. It is for you. But see, Jesus commissioned the, the disciples to go and make disciples despite their doubt. And in the same way, Jesus, through me right now, is commissioning you to go and make disciples and he wants to add to your tool bag this manifestation of his goodness. And for all who are willing 
He wants to equip you with this so that you can walk this out in your daily life. And that's why we're preaching on this. Because real church, we want to really be the church and not just say, hey, come and see on Sunday mornings and then go live your life and you know, be a hypocrite, do whatever, and then just come back and see on Sunday mornings. No, we want you to really experience the real love of Jesus, to really go in his word and, and hear him for yourself Oh, I didn't think I was going to share this. We talked about prophecy the other day, or a couple of weeks ago. God gave me a vision as I was writing this message. And by vision, I'm not talking about something that all of a sudden I'm in this crazy trance, which God can do anything. He can do that, right? But as I'm praying before I'm writing the message, I just saw a picture of what God wanted to do with this, right? And, and the picture was this. I'm just gonna kind of tell you it's metaphorical. But the picture was this. I, like God's light hit me and coursed through my body. And then I, I, I saw like myself suspended, right? with my, my hands out like this and my mouth open, eyes open. And it was almost, it was just, remember this is metaphorical, right? But it's his, it was, his light was just like beams coming out of all of my pores, like out of my eyes, out of my, my nose, my mouth, my ears, my hands, just, right? And it was hitting people. And I saw another picture, like the, the light going and hitting people, and they're curled up on the edge of their seat like this. And they're curled up, and, and it looked like they have been burned. Like the outside, their skin, every aspect of, of them was flaky and black, and they looked like death. They looked like they had just been burned. And then when the light hit them, it was almost like they looked up to receive it, right? The light hit them, and then all of a sudden, all of this, the flaky, black, ashy stuff that was covering them began to fall off, and their heart went from stone cold to begin to beat it again. And every time that the heart beaded, their heart beat, every single time, blood and light coursed through their veins. Blood and light began to course through their veins. And then um, their skin, the, the skin was not covered, it was just kind of raw flesh. But then something shifted. So at first, they were receiving the light from God, right, which is what we do as disciples. They were receiving the life, light from God as I was speaking it. But then something shifted. Then, instead of receiving it, receiving his light from me, they looked up and began to receive the light straight from Jesus. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He, he, he's the light. And as they began to receive the light from Jesus, all of a sudden, his light began to pour out of them and affect the world around them in the same way they were affected by his light. Do you see it? That's the whole purpose of discipleship. That's the whole purpose is we receive his light and give it out to others in our daily life and it shifts them from death to life. And then they go from being dependent on us to all of a sudden being dependent on the heavenly father and receiving it from them and it multiplies throughout the world. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to equip you to spread the light of the gospel so that people that are walking around feeling like death, experiencing, experiencing the death that is the result of the consequences of their choices and sin and junk that will end up causing them to die and rot in hell because they've rejected Jesus 
Jesus is saying, no, I paid the price for you to experience the light of life. Won't you receive it and experience it so they can shift every aspect of who you are and what you are to what I've created you to be? Because if we're walking as we were created to be, then we're experiencing his life. But then you can become a conduit of my light and my life and shift the aspect, shift the darkness of those around you everywhere that you walk. And this is just one aspect of that. So now, and that, that by the way, is, a, is an example of prophecy, right? A prophetic vision or prophetic dream. And you have the same Jesus in you that I have in me. And if you, you're wondering about that, go back and listen to where we talked about prophecy a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it will explain in a, in a little more detail. So now I want to commission you, because we're together on the same mission. If you've, you've received Jesus, then you have the capacity to share Jesus with those around you. You are a minister of the gospel in your daily life. And I want to equip you in Romans chapter 1, verse 11. Paul is writing to the Romans, he says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. So Paul wanted to impart some spiritual gift to make them strong so that when they walk out the gift, they're encouraged by, uh, Paul's encouraged by seeing them walk it out, but also they're encouraged by seeing the faith of Paul. In the same way, I want to pray for you all that are willing. If you want to just as a step of faith, you want to say, man, I, I want to see people healed in my daily life as I pray for people. I want to see this happen in my life. Then, then I want to pray for you. Okay? So if you'll just, wherever you are, don't care about the people around you. If you'll just lift your hands, whether you're on your couch in your living room or, or whatever, just kind of lift your hands. That, that's just a sign of surrender. You're not surrendering to me. You're surrendering to Jesus. But just lift your hands. Say, Father, I receive Break my boxes of unbelief. And Father, I pray for everybody that's, that's praying right now. Lord, I, in the middle of their doubt, just like Matthew 28, Lord, you commission them. So in the name of Jesus, you're commissioned. Co-mission, with, together with, mission, uh, with me on mission, together with Jesus on mission to make the world disciples of Christ. And Father, I pray for everybody watching, Lord, that you would just give to them, impart, just the gift of the spiritual gift of healing, as many as would receive it. Lord, and just give them the boldness to step out in faith in Jesus' name and to pray for people, Lord, and, and believe what you have said in your word in Jesus' name, amen. So if you, you, you prayed that, you received that, either today or this week, just be careful. You're gonna become more aware of when people around you are sick. That's what's going to, it's going to happen. And when you do, you're going to remember this message and you're going to remember that prayer and you're going to have the thought to go pray for them. And then you're going to have to get over yourself because you're going to be nervous and it's going to be out of your comfort zone. So you're going to have to say, wait, I got to get over me more because I know that they need you more than I need to be comfortable. So you're going to have to lay your, your life down in order to love them well. It's not about you healing them. It's about them receiving the love of God through you. 
So take you out of the picture, right? And, and the way that, that I do it in my life is when I see somebody like that, um, I, I'll give you an example. I was in the gym and saw some guy, you know, and I just had the thought that to, to go pray for him. So I said, hey, excuse me, sir. Do you mind if I, I just believe God loves you a lot. Do you, do you mind if I pray for you? He said, he kind of looked at me kind of funny because that's not normal, right? Loving people with the love of God in a real way in their daily life is not normal. But we're not normal. We follow Jesus. And we're to be his love in our daily life in a way that impacts them and shifts them from the inside out. So he looks at me and he's like, huh? And I said, well, is there anything specific I could pray for? He said, well, my shoulder, you know. So I said, well, do you mind? I just ask permission. And if they don't, if they don't want you to lay hands on them, then don't lay hands on them. Just, just pray for them. It's, it's all permission-based. Um, I said, well, in the name of Jesus, I just pray this shoulder be healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, that you're our healer. Amen. Sometimes in that moment, I ask them, is it any better? Sometimes they say no. I don't get down and out. I'm secure in my relationship with him. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me. I, so I just, well, I just thank you for the opportunity to get to pray for you. And I, I just believe God's word. I'm crazy enough to believe it that, hey, it's, it's going to start to get better. And when it does, it's just God showing you how much he loves you. God's a big boy. He can take care of himself. You just trust his word. I'll give you um, that specific example. Um, I, I came back 15 or 20 minutes later, asked him about his shoulder, and his shoulder was healed. It's cool. Like, God still does this stuff in our daily life, and he wants to use you. I'm not super special. I'll give you one more just little uh, thing where I failed yesterday. Yesterday, and you know, you, you, you might not start off with this, because as you're faithful with a little, he gives you more, um, but you might. God can do anything through anybody. But yesterday, I, I got a text from a friend of mine that said his friend died. And he was pretty tore up. He said there was a lot of people praying. But when I got the text, I had the thought, call him and tell the family to put their phone. Don't get offended at this. <laughs> Don't say I can't believe that. But I, I had the thought, call him and tell his family to put the phone by, by the guy in the hospital. I want to pray for him. Because the Bible said, raise the dead. <laughs> Why not? I have a friend in South Sudan who did this exact same thing. The person was raised to life and they preached the gospel and, and they were born again right there. Why not be crazy enough to believe it? Take your I can't believe and take it to the foot of Jesus. Peter and Acts raised a little girl, right? Okay, so yesterday I had that thought, but then immediately... Oh, but what if it doesn't happen? Oh, but what if God doesn't do it? Oh, but, but, but you know, that, that might offend the family or offend this. So what I did is I prayed a prayer on, on a recording and sent it to my friend. And it was great, right? I prayed that God would move in the situation, that the family would come to know Jesus through this, and we'd see God's miraculous, amazing thing. So I left it open, but it's still a lack of faith for me to follow the leading of what the Holy Spirit was doing. Because I don't know what he would have done if I would have done it. I got a text seven hours later. The neurosurgeon had claimed, had said that this guy's dead, but they didn't have two doctors to come and say. The whole family, they told the family he was dead. Seven hours later, this is yesterday, seven hours later, they, they bring in the other guy and they found a heartbeat. And they, they said he's not dead. So now the whole family's been thinking he's dead for seven hours, morning, 
this guy's death. They've had people praying all over the nation. Thank God, it, thank, I, somebody else had the faith to pray what I wouldn't. And so now he's still alive. Or he was raised from the dead. The doctors don't know what to say right now. This is in Pensacola. It doesn't just happen in India. I don't want to, I want to be the guy who's willing to say, God, whatever it takes. I want to lay down all of my unbelief, take all of my offenses away, and follow you. Because that's what the world needs. The world needs to really see Jesus in a really way that's not a bunch of religious, you know, junk and making excuses for our lack of experience, but is willing to say, God, I take you at your word. And so even in my mistakes like this, because I'm still growing, what do I do? God, help my unbelief. I take my unbelief and I put it at the foot of the cross. Father, next time, Lord, I, I want to believe you so much that I'm willing to do whatever you say at the cost of my pride and my wanting to self-preserve. Lord, I lay my life down for you because you laid your life down for me so that others can see your love in and through me. That's how much he loves you. So before we sing, before we worship, I wanna challenge you. And I, I, I'm also, I wanna pray for you. If you need to receive Jesus and, and all that, after we worship, I, I, during this time of worship, I want you to just say, God, if you're really real, if you're here, would you show me who you are? Seek after him. And then I wanna talk to you after this time of worship. And for the rest of you, if, if you've already received Jesus, you know him, and you're in the room with people, I dare you to ask them if you can pray for them. I dare you. I dare you to step out in faith. What is faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. You just heard the word of God from scripture. Step out in faith. Act on the word. Ask those around you if you can pray for them. And see, maybe God will do something absolutely amazing. Father, I pray for radical boldness. But I pray people just experience your real love. As we worship, Lord, I pray people see your love in ways they've never seen before. Thank you, Jesus, for people being willing to love in a way, in the same way that you love us. Lord, let's, as we worship, Lord, our eyes are on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to The Real Church Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or would like to get to know us, be sure to check us out on social media by searching Real Church Clearwater or visit us online at www.realchurch.us. If you'd like to play a part in what we're doing, you can do so right where you are. Your prayers are powerful and effective. You can also be a part through giving. Go to realchurch.us and click the Give button. Whether you're praying, giving, or serving with Real Church, you are playing a part in every life being changed. Thank you. Until our next podcast, be blessed. We'll see you next time.